The Start On Demand. On demand. A number of trucks went through the ice on Lake Winnipeg over the weekend. That got us asking the question, have you ever had to file an insurance claim because you did something stupid? Also, we learned that luxury hotel guests, according to the New York Post and the survey they found, luxury hotel guests admit to stealing mattresses. So we wondered, what would you steal if you could take whatever you want? We'll talk to Brent Bellamy about cuts to property and development with the city of Winnipeg. And the 150-day countdown to Manitoba Day begins with a free family event at the legislative grounds on Saturday. It's called Illuminate 150. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and a vacationing Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, December 10th podcast for The Start. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun, Mackling and McGarry. McNabb back next week. Yeah, listening to Abigail talk about the wind chill there. Just looking at Environment Canada's reading. This is from the airport. The temperature that we give is from right here at 680 CJOB. We've got a box up on the roof. But the wind measurement function is not functioning. Mm -hmm. So we have no wind chill from here. So if we go with Environment Canada, minus 26 feels like minus 37. Best. It's <laughs> the look of just. If only you could see just the the blank disgust on Greg's face right now. It's priceless. Well, it feels like this has come from almost nowhere. Yeah. You know, Saturday it was really nice. It wasn't it essentially raining Saturday morning. We had that mixed precipitation. And then I think I heard you mention it yesterday in one of your conversations. I think it was with Ken Talbot after I left at 830. I was listening, Brett, and Ken Talbot mentioned the fact he was concerned that things might not go the way they had previous years with Phil the Freightliners. After that mixed precipitation, we had the Highway 1 was closed for a bit, but you mentioned it. Come the evening, it went from spring slash fall like yucky weather to essentially winter weather in a manner of hours. It was brutal. And we, and my buddy and I had, had taken a look at the Weather Network app and to see what was happening. And we could see that the wind was expected to pick up. It was supposed to gust beyond 50 kilometers an hour. Because, yeah, when we walked over, so we came, we came to my apartment in Osborne Village. We walked down the street to grab a drink at like 7 o'clock. And it was beautiful. And a couple hours later, not so much. And by the time I left, we ended up downtown or in the exchange at the King's Head. And... I ended up walking to the Fairmont to grab a cab, and it was just brutal. It was a north wind, so it was behind me, but it was still awful. My ears were burning. They were so cold. So it was one of those situations where I regretted very badly not dressing properly because I just had like a fall coat on, that nice like a thin fall coat. I needed my, my fancy Global News 680 CJOB North Face parka here. I needed the big burly one. It was cold. Well, you were clearly more worried about fashion than you were about uh, staying warm. Yeah. And uh, so I commend you for that. <laughs> yeah. But there is a line. So you may want to be thinking function over fashion for the next few days because you mentioned the fact that we can't measure the wind chill with our apparatus on the roof right now. So I do have, and very rarely do I necessarily have the, the Environment Canada forecast open, but it doesn't seem to be getting 
any better anytime soon. No, no. The next seven days look kind of brutal. Friday, I think, is the warmest of the next seven days with a high of minus 17. But hey, it's December. And and the the longer-term forecast wasn't looking too bad. Looks like it's actually going to pick up, I think, even for Christmas Eve, for example. I believe I saw minus 9. I don't know. I think that's like that Rick Mercer report thing with that whole, uh, you know, the minus 1 and the week-long forecast, so you get excited, so we just don't all collectively look at each other and go, is, is it now? Do we leave now? Is this the time? Well, it looks like, okay, Monday, December, uh, hang on a second here. Monday, December 16th, according to the Weather Network, yes. we have two different, so Environment um, Canada says minus 19. For a high? For a high on the 16th, but in, the Weather Network says minus 13, and then beyond that, you've got a week of minus 9, minus 8. So that's, again, that's the long-term forecast, and that will change a thousand times over the next seven days no as we get into it. that. So, no question about it. Yeah. So you may want to think about where that extension cord is. If you park outside, you'll probably want to park in the car tonight, minus 29 for the overnight low. But despite how cold it is, it's still apparently not... Safe, necessarily safe to be out on the water. Our top story right now at cjob.com. The headline, it isn't safe yet. Trucks fall through the ice on Lake Winnipeg. And we'll get more into this at 745 because we heard a number of voices. But the illustration, better than explanation. You just got to go to cjob.com and you'll see this haunting photo of a pickup truck that's gone into the water. It's sticking out of the ice. There's a trailer that is kind of perched uh, very precariously on top of the ice. Uh, the ice fishers are hearty folk. They are. Um, I just don't know how you're thinking. Your pickup truck, and that's what, probably a 26, 30-foot or more camper trailer on the back? How you're thinking you're getting that out on the ice in the first week of December when it's been mostly mild yeah. You know, I understand that there are people out on the lake, but that situation apparently also caused dozens of vehicles to be stranded on the lake overnight because of where that fell into the lake, that mm. truck and trailer on the natural path onto shore. So caused a ton of problems. And one of the questions I had, we were discussing a story yesterday. One of the first things that came to mind was, MPI going to cover that? Weather's not messing around today, but this headline seems like it's messing with us. This is from the New York Post, and it says, Survey says luxury hotel guests keep stealing mattresses. (laughs) I don't understand how that's even possible, but... It says in here that, that maybe they do it in the middle of the night. When the desk isn't open. Okay. But once again, it's not like you can go into a hotel in any anonymous sort of fashion. No. You'd have to be very elaborate in terms of concealing who you are in actuality to get away with this. Caller Burton said uh, to just tell the employees that uh, it has bed bugs. Oh, okay. And you can walk right out with it, so. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Okay, there's one strategy. 
Wouldn't you still be suspicious if someone staying at your hotel said this mattress has bed bugs and I'm going to take it out for you? Yes, uh, I would be um, suspicious. That's but insane. Who knows what you can get well, away with? You gotta with like, bring a truck to carry it home with? <laughs> well, you I don't, don't need a truck, haven't you? Just been one arm with the window or top? Maybe you just hold that mattress <laughs> on the roof. You, you don't even need rope. Come on, Jeff. Everybody right. knows that. So, regardless of how they're doing it and why they're doing it, that got us thinking: What would you steal? If you could take anything, if you could walk in to anywhere and take whatever you wanted, and we said Erica had a great suggestion, we'll get to some of your suggestions at 204-780-6868. But Kelly Moore, why don't we start with you? If there was something you could just get a hall pass and take it, what would it be? Uh, I would probably take my me the biggest, meanest looking, and fully loaded pickup in the parking lot. <laughs> Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I th- to help I think steal that- mattresses. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully without bed bugs. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we got a couple of uh, comments for cars. Uh, one person saying a brand new Equinox. Another listener here says uh, definitely a new car. I go through 137,000 kilometers a year. I go through cars fast. So that's uh, from Rob, I believe, at 204-780-6868. And Jeff Brun, what would you take? Uh, I would go down to the appliance store and get all new appliances. I could really use a new washer, dryer, fridge, stove, and dishwasher right now, so <laughs> that would come in handy. <laughs> are we going to allow that? Do you, that's do you use any of those items? I use all of those. I don't use the dishwasher because it's broken. But Yeah, and yeah, let's allow it. It doesn't have to be just one thing. It can be hard to narrow. I mean, if I had to pick one thing, and Al actually did mention this on text as well at 204-780-6868. Al said the $99,000 TV <laughs> that we were oh, yeah. talking about on Black Friday, this 98-inch 8K Samsung TV, which, by the way, is on sale at Samsung.com for $69,000. Bargain, bargain. Get all over that Black Friday sale. Jeff? I want to steal a gold bar. I've never held a gold bar, and, you know, apparently they're really heavy. I was thinking about... Um, One single bar of ingot? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, you know, when uh, a Simon Gruber, Hans Gruber's brother, yeah. steals, steals all the gold. Oh, come on. It was made in the 90s. Yeah. No, yeah, I want, but I want to feel how heavy it is. Well, why not take a pile of gold bars and not just... One gold bar. 14 big, 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 I can't even speak. Big dump trucks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Erica's suggestion, if I could steal just one thing, it would be a bank vault. Very, very oh, Fast Five styles. Fast Five, yes. Of course, the couch potatoes think of it at the exact same time. Very, very <laughs> clever. Uh, one of our listeners said, a lottery ticket printing machine. Now that's thinking outside the box. Mm. What about the Sports Almanac and the DeLorean? Oh, very nice. See now? See, we're talking this <laughs> out. We're getting some even better Now we're just trying to answers. get rich. Yeah, well, that doesn't at all come back to I that. So. Uh, in the same vein as uh, the fire truck theft, a little bit, how about a CF-18 Hornet Ooh. fighter jet? I got to fly in a CF-18 about 10... F- I guess it was over 10, easily over 10 years ago at uh, Southport, I guess, for the, the air show. I flew with Captain Fat Daddy was his name. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was neat. Okay. Uh, but, what would you take? Uh, so if it had to be just one thing, it would just be the TV. Thing. But I, I was looking at it more kind of like Jeff, where I, if I could do a multiple thing, it would probably be to 
go into golf town with a grocery cart and just load her up and then walk out. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'm I'm toying around. I originally said to you that big TV they have at Earl's at Polo Park behind the bar. Yep. I think it's 100 inches or something. It's, it's some crazy size. But then I thought... I think I'll just take the Golden Boy. Yeah. I'll just take Golden Boy, put him on my front the lawn. Golden Boy. Yes. <laughs> well, that beats my gold bar. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll have a big pickup truck to haul all that stuff. There we away. go. <laughs> well, what about is there like a like a piece of sports memorabilia, Kelly, that you'd like to like if like that you could, would take some sort of collectible? Well, probably the stick Bobby Orr used uh, for the Stanley Cup winning goal in 1970 would be something I wouldn't mind getting my hands on it. You know, it has such historical significance, but uh, I, I haven't really, no, I haven't really thought about just one thing for sure. I, I'd be, hey, I don't want to be greedy. That fully loaded pickup truck is, is you know, is fine by me. It's nice and modest, Kelly. I, I like yeah. the way you're thinking. I had the Stanley Cup on my list as well, but then it won't be as fun when the Jets win it because then what <laughs> would they get? They would get a replica, I suppose. Yeah. If I have the real Stanley Cup, that's no fun. Hey, Adam says uh, the weight of a gold bar depends on the amount of gold. He's held some weighing as much as 55 pounds. And Jamie says you can hold a gold bar at the Mint that's worth almost $1 million, Fortier. So, But I can't keep it. Well, in this context, you can, right? Uh, yeah, there this you go. This your one thing. <laughs> and then listen to this text message. The heart of a very rich and very beautiful lady. Oh, yeah. Did it already. Well then, congratulations. I think we have our winner right there. Let us know at 204-780-6868. What would you steal if you could steal anything? Ken says, a donut truck. But I would need to be in a televised high-speed chase. That would be fun to watch, to see donuts. You see him shooting donuts out at the law as they come for him. You'll never catch me, coppers. I'm going to throw donuts at you, see? (laughs) Mackling and McGarry McNabb back next week. It is time to play Bad Santa. I saw you at another mall. Well, I'm very happy for you. You're not really Santa. If you were Santa, you could do magic. You want to see some magic? Here, let's watch you disappear. So every day until December 20th on the start, we are handing out presents. Deborah Johnson was our first winner. Here's what she won yesterday. Oh, oh, Santa has a $250 gift card from Lux Barbecue. Now, here's where it gets interesting, Greg. Caller number nine at 204-780-6868 has the opportunity to steal that gift or roll the dice on today's gift. Mm -hmm. But beware, some of the gifts are nice, like that $250 gift certificate, gift card for Lux, and some of them are naughty. So Jason is calling number nine at 204-780-6868. Jason, good morning to you, sir. Morning. So are you going to be a bad Santa and steal Deborah's gift, or do you want to roll the dice and see what we got today? Let's roll. So, you, so you're going to leave Deborah? Deborah keeps the gift certificate from Lux? All right. Okay, I was not expecting that. Jason wants to, he, he wants to be nice. I like Doesn't it. Doesn't want to be naughty. All right. Jason, here we go. Ho, ho! Santa has a pendant and earring set from Name of Diamonds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Jason. What do you think of that, Jason? Oh, save me some time. (laughs) 
fabulous. So clearly you have somebody who could use that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I guess we'll have to see what happens tomorrow. So you're the temporary owner <laughs> oh. at least of that. Oh, yes, that's right. Right? Yeah, because it can be it can be stolen now. So, Jason, for now, you are the winner of the pendant set from Namath Diamonds, but maybe tomorrow you'll end up with something different. So, Jason, I'm going to put you on hold, and Forte is going to get your information off the air, okay? Congratulations to Deborah. That's right. So Deborah gets the $250 gift card, gift certificate from Lux Barbecue, and the Namath Diamonds Pendant and Earring Set, valued at over $250, is temporarily in the possession of Jason, but that could change tomorrow. So again, at 7.15 tomorrow, your next chance to play Bad Santa. Front and center at cjob.com this morning. When I get in at 3.45, I saw a scary picture of a pickup truck that's fallen through the ice on Lake Winnipeg. Four trucks went through the ice at Balsam Bay on the lake on Sunday, including one truck with a trailer. No one was severely hurt. Two people are recovering, but two of the vehicles that broke through the ice are still in the water. Darren Terry was on the lake fishing with his niece. The trailer going onto the ice this early in the year with the big truck that was towing it was a bit of a surprise that he would do that. Um, but saying that the, the ice on the lake is good. And then you get that big monstrosity truck with his trailer. And, you know, he's probably not going to be able to go very fast with that thing. So he's crawling along there. And bang, down, down he went. And Terry believes the truck with the trailer were the first to go down. That cracked the ice. All the way, I'm going to say 300 yards, maybe even longer, which is where another truck went through. Then there was a black truck, and I'm still not sure where he went through, but he lost his truck. It went down. Steve Boyd was also in the area while this stuff was happening. He was stunned with what he was seeing. Yeah, actually kind of like real shock. I could not believe that that pickup truck was gone. And where it was is completely like... It's well within where everyone would have went to drive on and off the lake. 100%. That's the sort of the road everybody used to get out onto the lake that morning. I would say very diplomatic comments from both Darren and Steve here. Brett, I mean, a lot of us are thinking other things Mm -hmm. when we're looking at this. And it's by far the top story at uh, globalnews.cacjob.com. Now, Boyd adds, while he was surprised by what he saw, he points out it's still... Touch and go. There's still open water. Like, there's still open water in the middle of the lake. Uh, one of the ladies out here said there was open water at Grand Beach this weekend. Like, it just depends on which way the wind's moving all of the ice and everything, right? It went from being really mild to really, really cold, really fast. There was a lot of wind. There was probably a lot of movement on the lake. Then it just created a bad situation, is what I think. Christopher Love, Water Smart Coordinator for Life Saving Society Manitoba, is encouraging people to think twice before heading out on the ice. The very high water levels that we've had throughout the province, uh, throughout the fall and into the winter now, are unprecedented. We had the floodway being used here in Winnipeg. The water levels are still high in many locations. Uh, We're here right now at the Seine River, and over my shoulder you can see the water levels are fairly high along the shoreline, or actually you can't quite see that because the snow is hiding some things. But... We just really want people to be aware that it is dangerous because of the fluctuating water levels and ice conditions are going to change as a result of that. We've got higher than average currents. 
We've got uh, the water levels, which can drop, creating air voids or air bubbles between the water and the ice, which then weaken the ice. And of course, last week we had a snowfall, as is illustrated here, and snow is actually an insulator, so it doesn't let the ice freeze properly. And so all of those conditions combined together mean you can't depend on just the ice thickness telling you that it's going to be safe to go out because yes the ice could be a foot two feet thick a meter thick uh, but if it's got an air void underneath it if it's been eroded by the running water that's underneath it in key places that are providing support uh, or if it's uh, basically warming up because it's got an insulating blanket of uh, snow then it's not necessarily going to be safe so then on hal anderson afternoons Listeners were asking if this kind of thing is covered by Autopack. Listener Doug specifically asked how, maybe the word everyone's thinking, is stupidity covered by MPI. So Hal asked Brian Smiley with MPI. Yeah, we cover it, provided that the vehicle has a valid Autopack policy and the driver has an active driver's license, we'll cover, uh, subject to the uh, registered owner's deductible. So they'll pay their deductible. So the listener goes on to say if they do cover it, they're covering stupidity. How do you look at it? Well, it's part of doing business, Hal. It's no different than someone driving down uh, Ness Avenue, which is a 60-kilometer zone. So they're doing they're doing uh, 60, uh, they're texting, they're speeding, and they run a red light and T-bone another vehicle. Uh, that's what we call high-risk driving, not a whole lot different than driving on the ice. So it's part of doing business. Brian Smiley with Manitoba <laughs> Public Insurance. So there you go. You're, if you're on the ice, your vehicle goes through, it's covered. I got a buddy who works in this industry. He says, uh, Mackling, we cover stupidity. We don't cover fraud. I guess there's no more simple way to put it. You can read more at cjob.com. But right now, we want to talk about the question of the day at cjob.com. Have you ever had to file an insurance claim because you did something stupid? And your options are yes, sadly, or no, thankfully. Question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. That's 987-6890. Greg, why is that our question of the day? Well, uh, if you go to cjob.com, globalnews.ca, you will see the story of car, well, mostly trucks, and one truck and trailer unit that went through the ice at Balsam Bay on Lake Winnipeg. An effort, you want to be out on the ice first. I would... We were out, you know, the first weekend of December, and it backfired on some people. And we're getting some commentary from some of our listeners about the fact that MPI is covering these incidents. If MPI is covering people driving on the lake as part of its insurance coverage, then you should have the right to opt out of that coverage and pay a lower premium. Doesn't that make sense? High-risk behavior, higher premiums. Problem solved. Very interesting. I like that. So I take it that MPI thinks I'm defrauding them. The person who I mentioned the fact that insurance companies, I had one individual good friend of mine said, you know, we cover stupidity. We don't cover fraud. And one of our listeners said, well, I guess that means MPI thinks I'm defrauding them. The person who hit my vehicle had their vehicle fixed. Mine was written off and I was offered less than half of the vehicle's value. Keep fighting. And another person texting us, I'm a member of a few fishing forums, and I wouldn't say this person is new to ice fishing and didn't understand. They took a risk on known motive and were wrong. The owner of that camper wants no attention because they are legitimately embarrassed and should be. 
But uh, on in the event that they thought the ice was okay, it was pointed out by Life Saving Society Manitoba that yeah, the ice is thick, but it's super high right now, so it's mm-hmm. making it harder for all of the water to freeze. I mean, the the water is at like unprecedented levels right now. So whereas in a typical year, maybe it would have been okay, but clearly this year, not okay. Well, I'd be interested to know because I don't ice fish. I have been on the lake, but I've never, like I've been on Lake Winnipeg when it's frozen and seen all the ice shacks, dozens of them in one particular spot uh, where we go in the wintertime, but I've never seen a camper trailer and certainly never a 30-foot camper trailer out on the ice. So I'd be interested to know because we have a lot of ice fishers that listen to this program. Is it common for people to drag tow these giant RVs out on to the lake. I think the dumbest thing I ever did, and this this would be a vehicle, it, and of course it was a golf cart. I was at... <laughs> Why I, do you say it like that? Well, because it, it always seems to come back to golf and Taco okay. Bell for me. <laughs> okay. Because Taco Bell was my... Well, Wendy's was my first real job, but I only worked one three-hour shift there. Taco Bell was my first job. Worked there for five years. But I was at Pinawa Golf Course, I want to say, three years ago. I had never been there, so I did not know the lay of the land. And I shanked my tee shot way off to the right. So I, I followed the cart path. Yes. At least what I thought was the cart path. I think I was actually on the cart path for the, the whole... I hit it so far that I was on the cart path for the, the whole over. And I was kind of... I had to sort of go to this tree line... And I was able to to find my ball, punch it out, and then I needed to figure out how to get across because there was this little creek. And I saw what appeared to be a bridge, and I thought, is that a footbridge or is this going to be wide enough for the cart? So then I drove up to it, and I still thought, I don't know about this. And again, I've never been there, so I don't know. And it took me getting to the edge of the bridge to realize, nope, footbridge, footbridge, bail, stop, stop. And I I panicked and like, I stuck my foot out like Fred Flintstone to try to stop this golf cart. Yes. Thankfully, I managed to get my bearings and hit the actual brake as it started to go on this bridge. Oh my. And, uh, And then we ended up pushing the cart across this creek because there was no water and there were barely any water. It was so embarrassing. There were a couple of members behind us who actually ratted us out at the turn uh, to go from the ninth hole to the tenth hole. And uh, there was someone from the pro shop came out and yelled at us and get inspected the cart. And we just said, we, uh, we, we pleaded, you know, complete ignorance and foolishness. And I said, look, I've never been here. I didn't know. And uh, when we came back, on 18, they came out and apologized to us and said someone else had not the same experience, but they got lost on that hole too, apparently. So I can't remember which hole it was, but it was so embarrassing. I felt so dumb. Have you been back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a wonderful <laughs> golf course. I love it. But now I, and now that I know... <laughs> I know which bridges to cross and which ones to walk across. <laughs> but that's the dumbest thing that I ever did. And yeah, embarrassed is a good word, right? Because you, because had I crossed that bridge, I could have, uh, I could have fallen off, wrecked the cart, hurt myself. Well, hurt yourself is, a, you know, seriously. I mean, regardless of the embarrassing fact of the golf courses have insurance for, once again, for stupidity. Yeah. You would have been fine on that front. They, they might have tried to get some cash out of you, but probably not. Have you ever done anything? Have you ever had to... File an insurance claim because of stupidity, because you did something dumb.
And on our Instagram story, you will see a snippet of another video for an event happening this Saturday, December 14th, as it's time to launch the 150-day countdown to Manitoba Day on May 12th with a free family-friendly display called Illuminate 150. And to tell us about this, in studio we have the co-chair of Manitoba 150, Stuart Murray, and on the phone we have another co-chair, Monique Lacoste. Stuart, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thanks for this opportunity, boys. And Monique, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, Monique. Great to uh, have you on the phone. Uh, sorry you're not in studio. This sounds I like know. it sounds like an incredible event on Saturday. I mean, in my opinion, the Manitoba Legislative Building is one of the most beautiful buildings anywhere in the world. It's my favorite building in the province. What's going to be happening on Saturday to kick things off? So, Monique, why don't you start off? Uh, you're the one driving, and I'll pick it up. <laughs> I'm not driving. I have my son with me. He's doing the driving, by the way, so we're safe. And what I can tell you is that uh, the legislature always has an open house in December. It's a great opportunity to come and visit the spectacular building. And so for Manitoba's 150th anniversary, what a great way to uh, enhance those activities by having some outdoor family activities as well. So uh, there are going to be all sorts of family-friendly things like uh, light displays. There'll be snow tube races, a snowshoe obstacle course. We're going to have free hot chocolate. So it will become more of an indoor-outdoor activity starting at 3 p.m. And then maybe, Stuart, you can talk about the special moment where we're going to really kick things off for Manitoba 150. Well, you know, Monique uh, laid it out exactly right. I mean, this is going to be a great opportunity. First of all, it's free, F-R-E-E, free. Got to be a free day. It's a family day, which is going to be a lot of fun, uh, as she said. And, you know, one of the things she mentioned about there's going to be hot chocolate. Let's be clear. This is gourmet Manitoba 150 hot chocolate free. Okay, It's all going to be good. But uh, as Monique said, family events through the day, uh, sort of kicking off around 3. There's going to be Santa Claus is going to be there. By the way, we're going to have the Grey Cup uh, also there. So come down and get your Brilliant. picture taken with the Grey Cup. And Santa will be there. It's going to be amazing. But as Monique referenced, I mean, after we have kind of this uh, wonderful 3 to 5.30 outdoor activity event for the family, all free, we're going to start a program uh, that's uh, going to be a bit of a countdown. We're going to have some special guests saying a few words. But uh, at 6 o'clock, we are going to flick the switch. And I think at that point, you got to cue Corey Hartz. I wear my sunglasses at night because we're going to have 300,000 lights all throughout the legislative building, the grounds itself lit up, fireworks. Then it gets better. We have an extreme snowmobile uh, demonstration following that. So this is going to be a great opportunity. Come out. The first 1,500 people that come out get spectacular Manitoba 150 gloves as a way to, to sort of celebrate the 150 event. So lots of good stuff to celebrate. Are and you- those gloves, by the way, allow you to still uh, use your smartphones because they have special fibers on the tips of the fingers. So those are always handy. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. it's going to be a chilly one on Saturday. The, just looking at the <laughs> forecast, a high of minus 24. So that would be handy to be able to keep your hands warm, but also use your phone. Monique, will you be one of these aerial acrobatic snowmobile <laughs> athletes? Well, you know, I considered it, but I thought I'd leave it to the professionals, which is probably a good idea. And, and these are folks who are on the X Games circuits. They're actually athletes. Uh, and so the aerial tricks we're going to be doing are quite remarkable. If you go to Manitoba150.com or if you follow us on Instagram and Facebook, 
You can probably click on a link to see them in action. It's really spectacular. And we thought it was really a great way to signal to Manitobans that they better get ready, buckle up, because 2020 is going to be a spectacular year. So many events to celebrate Manitoba's 150th that we had to start in 2019. Stuart, what's it like to to not only try and match Monique's energy and her vision, <laughs> but the idea of being in this position to, to help Manitobans celebrate what is clearly a very special birthday. Okay, one thing for sure, you know, can't match that for a minute. And that's why I'm just so incredibly honored and proud to have her as a co-chair. She just brings so much energy as you can feel. I mean, here's a mother, by the way, that's with her son this morning doing a driving test. Great volunteer, great champion for Manitoba 150. Uh, I, I just think, you know, to be able to celebrate this great province, I mean, we have an incredible province and I think that the notion that we can celebrate and do some great things is also um, important to understand that we also can learn about a lot about our province and some of the programming that we're going to be talking about over the course of the year we're going to ha- come back on the show and talk about that we want Manitobans to take one more trip in this great province to sort of understand and learn about it we're going to have an app called uh, Explore Manitoba Explore 150 so you know we're going to do a lot of things that uh, and as Monique said it's not about one day you know, this is the thing, you know, we're doing it 150 days before May 12th. We're using the 150 on anything we do. Look, thank you, 150. Nice to have you on on, uh, on CGOB. You can't change it to Brought CGOB to 150, right? But, you know, the point is, is that there's just so many things, as Monique said, and we're going to be launching that. Go to our website, Manitoba 150. Uh, you can actually see a nice little video that, uh, that has these extreme uh, snowmobiles, these extreme games guys doing a bit of a demo, and it is spectacular. So just, it's it's free. Bring the family. Come out this Saturday. Have a great time. Now, Monique, uh, I also understand Stuart was suggesting that you had a story to tell. Uh, is that correct, Stuart, about a volunteer story? Well, just that where she is right now. I mean, normally she'd be in studio with us, you know, but she's uh, she's an right. incredible volunteer. She's out there get, trying to making sure that her son gets her driver's license, right? How's he, how's he, he doing? he just did. He just got his driver's license, which means that... Uh, I'm going to be looking for wheels more often because I now have two sons who drive cars, so I'm going to be the one looking for rides soon, I think. Who said Freedom 55 was over as a concept? Exactly. Look at that. This is a Drive 150 moment. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Oh, it is. Well, congratulations, Monique. That's a a big time in anyone's life. Well, thanks for this. We look forward to the festivities on Saturday. 300,000 LED lights, uh, these incredible X-game athletes on the snowmobiles. And, of course, Stuart mentioned uh, everybody's favorite F-word in Manitoba, free. free. That's right. Monique Lacoste, co-chair of Manitoba 150 on the phone. Stuart Murray, co-chair of Manitoba 150 in studio. Thank you both. We appreciate this. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. And you can Merci. get more You can get more information at manitoba150.com. And as mentioned, you can follow them on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Yesterday, we spoke with City Councillor for North Kildonan, Jeff Brawadi, about a variety of issues coming out of the city's unprecedented four-year budgeting planning process, transit and the financial implications of holding spending increases steady at 2% per year were the focus of our chat yesterday. The Property and Development Department and the plans for its budget moving forward also came up. Yeah, I mean, right now the proposal is is a 0% increase. So while transit was seeing 2%, zero means a a complete freeze. Um, And in fact, you know, with salaries not going up, they would actually have to do some reductions. 
I haven't spent a pile of time, you know, going through the detailed uh, implications of what they're proposing within uh, property development. But again, uh, we're looking for uh, more accountability. Um, we're looking for um, better results out of property development. He's a creative director and architect with number 10. He's a columnist and center venture board chair. Brent Bellamy joins us now to talk about this budget process. And Brent, before we do that, I would just want to get your uh, take on that CP rain develop, uh, uh, derailment rather in Saskatchewan. Uh, you and I are both... Uh, uh, common to post on Twitter our our hate for these rolling pipelines through downtown Winnipeg. One more time, it, it just sort of highlights uh, the precarious position we are in as the, the hub of rail in Western Canada. Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely a ticking time bomb, and people don't really realize that almost every rail car that's filled with oil in Western Canada rolls through downtown Winnipeg, and not just downtown, but all those residents. When you are sitting at a train and watching it go by, that's filled with oil and it's running right through our residential neighborhoods every single day. And it's increasing exponentially as with the, you know, we hear the pipeline debate all the time. The amount of oil being transported by rail is increasing significantly every single year. So it's, to me, it's something we need to really deal with. It's, it's not just about the inconvenience of trains anymore. It's the danger of trains. Well, so can we tie this in however loosely to property and development, the whole conversation about perhaps moving rail yards out of the city, at least moving the, the, uh, the, the main line so that it goes around the city so that we don't have to worry about this? You know, that's what property and planning and development is all about and, and good urban planning. It's about thinking long term and obviously moving the rail lines is a huge project that takes will take decades to do, but that's what planning is and it's about planning for for the future and making our city great, you know, for the next generations. So is that why you're a little bit concerned about the fact that we heard from Jeff Prowati, yes, we're talking about 2% increases in funding for the major departments and major parts of the city that uh, most citizens agree need funding. But we're also talking about funding freezes for other departments, including property and development. Yeah, I don't like I deal with that department every day and they are really stretched. And I, I it's ironic to me that they are really the, the answer to the budget woes. Like this um budget process has been really a brutal thing to me it's watching doesn't matter what you what's important to you it's being cut and or it's proposed for cuts so it's really sucking the the optimism out of the city i think and and the way we can get out of this is to plan a better city i mean i've i've mentioned this before we've urban sprawl or, or our low density growth is really the biggest reason why our city is broke today and and the way out of that is to have really good urban planning and forward-thinking planning. You know, I was just in Edmonton a month ago with their uh, urban planning department. They have 150 planners in Edmonton. We have less than 20. You know, that's pretty incredible difference in a city that, you know, we're not that much smaller than them. And so they're doing all kinds of proactive things to to move their city forward. And, and our guys are just barely keeping up. And, you know, we hear all the time we, we have to cut red tape and, grease the wheels of development and all those things. Well, that's really hard to do when you're cutting the, the permitting department. You, you say know, that, it's, it's, sorry, sorry, Brent, I, you say that we're broke because a city because of urban sprawl. Why is that? You know, it's very simple math. And I've, uh, you know, I've tried to beat this drum as much as I can. Um, you know, the city came out with some information a few months ago showing that in the last 40 years, the city has grown in area, in footprint, built up area by 100%. It's doubled. 
but the actual population has only grown by 37%. So it's growing three times faster in area than it is in population. So our tax dollars are now being forced to pay for 50% more land. Every single tax dollar that, that is collected by the government, city government, is paying for 50% more land than it was 40 years ago. And so what's the result of that? You know, if, if you have to plow twice as many streets from snow and there's only 35% more people paying for it, you're going to have less snow clearing or you're going to have to raise taxes or all those things. And, and we're seeing the results of that today. This budget process is really the the theory of urban sprawl coming to fruition in real life. There will be some people, uh, Brent, that, that argue the exact opposite, that without uh, the five, six, $700,000 houses in the sur- suburbs, Winnipeg would be struggling to make ends meet uh, with the taxes, which, of course, are based on property assessment, property values. What do you say to that? You know, I would say follow me on Twitter because I'm working on a little chart right now <laughs> that shows the actual assessed values of the different neighborhoods in the city. And it was a great, if you, you should read the Dear Winnipeg blog if you ever have a chance. Um, some really great information from, from them. And, and the uh, assessed values of properties in the urban areas of the city are between 5 and 20 times higher per square foot than they are in the suburbs. So it's really not the suburbs paying for, this, for the inner city. It's the other way around. Which areas, when you talk about urban areas, uh, which neighborhoods do you mean? Even pretty much everything that's everything that has an elm tree, and even if you look at, at downtown, um, like the Portage and Main area, as an example, is the highest assessed values in the city, and it's twenty times higher than, say, Sage Creek, those areas per square foot. And so, if you're if you're even you're looking at you know Crescent Wood, River Heights, St. Boniface, Elmwood, those sort of Norwood Flats, those kind of areas, those inner city areas are significantly higher um, assessed values per square foot than than the suburbs are, or even the city average. But transit's such a big conversation, and uh, just maybe uh, for the time being, the ability to press pause on any service cuts, but this in an era where people are demanding more transit in the city of Winnipeg, more frequent service, launching of the Southwest Rapid Transit Corridor in the next several months here, it it just seems to be the absolute worst time to to talk about contracting service with transit if we're we're trying to to grow a better city. Uh, What's your take on the the situation we're in with regard? to public transportation yeah it's that's the hardest one of all because really our discussions shouldn't be how much we're gonna save from transit it should be how much we're going to spend on transit like we should be growing that that piece like every other city in the country every other city is building um lrt and and increasing their frequencies and we're we're sort of just hoping to hold the line and we're going to fall behind all these cities that we compete with for investment and uh, you know tourism and um, immigration and all those things. We need to keep up because that's the sustainability of our city in the long run. And everybody hates traffic. Everybody hates potholes and all those things. And even if you never get on a bus, more people riding the bus reduces traffic. It reduces the amount of wear on the roads. Like it's a good thing for every single person in the city. So we need to be thinking about, you know, how do we even how do we reduce our carbon footprint? You know, get people on the bus. That's it's really the future, and we need to be looking at it today, not not waiting for it to be, you know, a disaster in the future. So even people who are behind, and and, and this will be the last one before I let you get get going here, but even people who are behind active transportation investment in active transportation corridors are scratching their head a little bit. I don't know how you feel about what's happening in the exchange with the the separated bike lanes on Bannatyne and McDermott. On the surface, it seemed to me to be a good 
good idea, but it seems to be creating problems that were not foreseen. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we definitely need to step back and, and look at what's happening there. I I personally don't blame the bike lanes as much as everybody else. I think there's a lot of factors, in, including a unprecedented increase in, in parking costs. I don't know how many people really drive to the exchange district during business hours to shop and then drive away. But I mean, it is something the retailers are saying that they need to, they need help with. So we need to step back and, and really come up with a, a long-term plan for it instead of doing um, sort of piece by piece development that we're doing. It's a special place in our city and it deserves a special consideration. Brent, always appreciate the time. Thanks for this. Anytime. Thank you. Brent Bellamy joining us live on 680 CJOB. He is the board chair at Center Venture. He is a columnist. He is an architect. And we love talking to him about this stuff. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.